Hey y'all, welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I am your host, Dan Scotland. If you're currently a medical marijuana patient and want to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at iamcannabisativa at gmail.com. Feel free to hit me up on Instagram at iamcannabisativa. Feel free to check out our official Twitter account at iccativapod. You can also find and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, Overcast, Radio Public, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and the Google Play Music Store. Please rate and review us on iTunes, as rating and reviewing us will bum up the pod on their algorithm and put this podcast in front of even more eyeballs. If you like what we are doing and you find yourself coming around often, please become a Patreon supporter of this podcast and support us. By supporting us, this helps us to keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, equipment, and travel. You can do this by going to HTTPS anchor.fm slash I am cannabis sativa podcast slash support. You can also support me now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash I see sativa podcasts. You can support the podcast for as little as $1 a month. We also have a $5 tier if you're feeling extra generous. Hey y'all, hope you guys are doing pretty well. Um, so I wanted to do this meta episode. So I was at the 2019, um, Boston, um, Cannabis World Congress and Business Exposition in Boston at the Heinz Convention Center. And I was at this, I was at two panels. So, um, I'll upload the next one, um, a bit later. But um, one of these panels was podcasting and sonic branding. And I'll read the description from the website. So, um, so you know, I know many of you guys live around the world and are trying to get this legal in your state, in your province, if you live in Canada. Um, I'm I pretty darn sure Mexico has states because um, I looked it up. But they have states. And um, so if you're trying to get this legal in your state, if you're trying to get this legal in your country, if you're trying to get this legal in your town, municipality for medical or adult use purposes, um, you can start your own cannabis podcast and um, spread this mess in your neck of the woods and localize the message. And the, this panel tell these are these are people who worked in traditional media, worked in podcasting, and they have a lot of good stuff to say about getting a podcast or getting your your thing going so i'm going to share this and um i hope you guys get a lot out of it What's going on, everybody? I'm going to slowly but effectively ease into this while our panelists make themselves comfortable. Uh, my name is Steve Blank. I am the 
founder was producer of Cannabis Today, canna-today.com, and streaming hopefully everywhere humans stream audio. Um, that being said, I am not, uh, I am platform agnostic, I am distribution uh, agnostic, I am not um, married to Instagram over Twitter or iTunes over Spotify as much as I am interested in uh, communicating this message and sharing these stories that we record with uh, as many people as we can uh, captivate. So uh, that's a little bit about uh, me and myself um, as far as uh, tech and operational stuff, uh, writing, recording, producing music for as long as I can remember, which uh, put me in a place to learn more about uh, the tools and techniques that uh, help bring these kinds of podcasts together. I moved to Denver from Philly about five years ago um, and went from basically having an exclusively black market awareness of the cannabis industry to being exposed to uh, the hundreds of companies that make this up, the thousands of people who are, believe it or not, just like you and I, that make up those companies and uh, try to exist as a conduit through which we can close that informational gap and uh, continue to share these stories directly from those on the spot so that awesome conversations like the one you guys are having all weekend don't live and die on the show floor of the Heinz Convention Center but can live uh, forever on what are arguably the world's most engaged uh, media platforms. Uh, so that's a little bit about myself. With that, I'll run over to Jimmy and if you would, maybe we'll just begin by giving you an opportunity to introduce yourself to everybody. How long would you like me to go? How long? Yeah, 30 seconds, a minute, five minutes, a whole half hour. And <laughs> Talking about myself is one of my favorite subjects. All right, <laughs> let's see if Are we can. Absolutely. I entertain people all the time. This That's better be an excellent conversation. I don't, do you guys need, do you think we need this? Can you hear me like this? Yeah, I think I'm going to stand off on this. Right. Too. So I got this thing too, just because it's just so my name is Jimmy Young. I've got 40 years in traditional media, radio and television. Uh, I worked as a sportscaster full-time for 20 years. I produced sports in Boston at age 20 for Channel 4. I don't know if anybody's old enough to remember the 70s, but it was Jimmy Myers, Len Berman, and Gail Brent. And uh, I was 20 years old. It was quite an experience. And I put that teaching and coaching career goal on hold, basically saying, I'll give this sportscasting thing a try and see what happens. 30 years later, I went over to the sales side, uh, made a lot more money in sales than I did on air, but didn't win an Emmy Award like I did with my on-air work. Uh, I'm very proud of the talk show that I created that was a sports talk show for kids. And that led to my first business in 08 with the Young Broadcasters of America, where I taught generation text how to talk using TV broadcasting. So my soul is a teacher and coach. Yes, I've been a talk show host my entire career. I've had radio shows, I've had television talk shows, and now I've got myself a podcast, okay? So that's what I am and that's what I do, and I started Pro Cannabis Media about uh, June of 2019. That's only a few months ago, right? It's been overwhelming, uh, the response that we've gotten. Um, I certainly had 70,000 downloads in my podcast since we started that in 2018, uh, March of 2018. And now we are looking for more content. We're looking for high-end content. We're looking for network quality content because that's how I built my career. And that's what I'd like to continue to do. 
do. And yes, obviously, I am pro-cannabis Protect. <laughs> right on, well said. Thank you. George, welcome. That, that was too long. Yeah, those not nearly 30 minutes. <laughs> These people are looking for whiskey now. It's right across the street. And you've teed up the Irish guy. All right. Uh, so, hi, George Moriarty. I'm the editor-in-chief and VP of content at SeekingAlpha.com. If you are an active investor, you know what SeekingAlpha.com is. If you are not, you wonder exactly how you spell that. Um, Seeking Alpha was started in 2004 by David Jackson. We are an investment website, but we are a crowdsource investment website. We started the model to get away from traditional Wall Street research. And any one of you who have an investment take would be more than welcome to come to SeekingAlpha.com, register, and submit an article for us to review and get back to you, because we believe firmly in the wisdom of the crowd. We do not believe that good investment ideas are the um, sole ownership of people who went to Ivy League schools and work in Manhattan. Um, why am I sitting here on a podcast network as a guy who wanted to be in sports journalism growing up in Hollywood, Massachusetts, so naturally became a fixed income broker and then a financial journalist? Um, well, Seeking Alpha is a traditional print-based website, uh, but we were early on the uh, cannabis story from an investment angle. Um, we were well ahead of Wall Street because Wall Street, the, the companies were too small. Whereas we don't care about the size of the company. We aren't looking for um, investment banking business from the companies we cover. We are looking to share good investment ideas. Um, one of my favorite stories about our coverage of medical marijuana is that, um, of all marijuana, but the, the company Medical Marijuana was a subject of a story of ours in 2014. Uh, sometimes funny things happen, and you put together the headline, Medical Marijuana is Here to Stay, and that headline, which is about the company, Medical Marijuana, winds up on the front page of Yahoo.com, and you get a bunch of people who have no idea that Medical Marijuana is a company getting in there and rating your comment streams to yell about the evils or benefits of medical marijuana and then never coming back to Seeking Alpha again, despite having nearly broken our servers. Um, five years later, it remains our best read story ever. If, in case you wonder about your grandparents using Yahoo, they do and they click those links. <laughs> um, so why am I, what we did then is start with our traditional investment ideas. However, the key to a good investment idea is understanding what's going on in the middle. We saw an opportunity in podcasting, started podcasting, uh, in 2018, and we started our cannabis podcast, the Cannabis Investing Podcast, that went on all of your distribution. Um, Soon we can have cannabis Potentially, we'll be talking afterwards. Uh, we are. Uh, we started that in March, and we have done 38 episodes, and we are using that not as an opportunity to get on there and say this is the, the cannabis stock of the week. Our host, Rena Sherwell, is getting CEOs and. Um, names and leaders in the industry to come on and discuss what is going on in the space. So investors in the content is kind of great success. We started it from the, from the perspective of we needed for the content. We did not start it with a sponsor. We have subsequently um, seen our sponsorship. It's been sponsored for the last three months and will be sponsored for at least the next two. Um, there is great interest in it. Um, Steve earlier uh, when I was joining the panel, it's helped our sonic branding because we didn't have sonic branding, and now we're able to get our ideas in front of people via the podcast who otherwise would not 
be aware of us. And it's been a very powerful tool for us, and it's very helpful. So I look forward to this conversation, and I hope I didn't ramble on too long. Oh, great. Um, I'd like to kind of get the temperature in the room a little bit, if that's all right, in an effort to try to create as much value as possible, and maybe just hands in the air, and if I don't see a hand somewhere, I'll wonder what the other section that I left out was. But why are we here? What kind of value are you looking to get out of this? And where are you in your podcast endeavor? So I guess hands in the air if you uh, are or work closely with a brand who's considering leveraging podcasts as an advertiser. Fantastic. Thanks. Uh, hands in the air if you have a podcast and you are simply here because you're in the trenches and doing what you can to take to the next level. Word. Thank you very much for your honesty. Uh, uh, who is here for a reason other than that that I haven't mentioned? We can town hall it up. I host and produce two TV shows that are seen on 75 TV stations uh, in 25 countries and 90 streamers. Okay. And so what brings you to this room? What kind of value, kind of answers can come out of, kind of dialogue can happen here today? Met Jimmy yesterday <laughs> and I to learn more about him. He already has a Oh, thank you. Who else? Uh, Right now, we're kind of marketing and turning and looking for ideas of, you know, how we can get our brand out there. Cool. And there, we haven't gotten to yet. Yeah, good to see you. Yeah, likewise. Uh, I'm a full-time voiceover actor, and uh, I started uh, <laughs> I started a, a cannabis-specific company about a year ago, specifically to help with communication in the industry, as well as producing uh, animated explainer whiteboard videos. So, like one to three-minute animated videos that are then shareable for social. Or B2B, uh, B2B endeavors and such. Um, ways to get around uh, advertising restrictions as well as to break things down into more lean terms for customers. Excellent. To double down on a portion of, of his point there, who else could maybe benefit from uh, being able to work their way through or around the red tape that exists in the digital advertising landscape around cannabis? One, two, a finger or two in the air for sure. Who do we get to who's here for something unmentioned in the back sir? Uh, yeah, I work for a PR and media agency, and we have a podcast that's more business focused. So I guess I was kind of looking to um, figure out how we can leverage that for small businesses, specifically small dispensaries and other types of things. Cool. Sweet. Well, uh, if I may, I'd like to share with you guys before we get cooking, for those of us who aren't already familiar, how truly serious this podcast movement is uh, in terms of the listenership, the demographics behind it. Um, I'll link you all, set you all to the studies. Uh, Edison Research is podcast consumer uh, 2019, and they've been doing excellent work to better understand the listeners and their behaviors and the whys, and for those who do not, the why not, um, to more effectively approach whatever it is all of our endeavors are here. So in 2019, 70% of Americans over the age of 12 for the purpose of this study are familiar with podcasting. That's 197 million Americans. Uh, for the first time ever uh, this year, the majority of Americans, over 51%, say that they've listened to a podcast. That's 144 million. So this is a right there, but 197 million Americans over that age suggest that they're familiar with it, but that doesn't necessarily indicate that they listen. Uh, 144 million Americans have listened 
That's not to say that they listen regularly or are consistently engaged, uh, but let's double down on that a bit. 32% or 90 million Americans over that age listen to a podcast at least once a month. On average, the folks who listen to podcasts once a month are actually listening to about seven a week. Uh, so the people who are deeply engaged um, are, are growing. The demographics are almost identical to the makeup of US population in its entirety, specific to age, um, with maybe a little bit of an exception of the 55 and up crowd, uh, not growing into to podcasting so much. So um, I guess with regard to uh, folks who are trying to um, utilize podcasting to increase brand awareness. Can you guys help speak to and maybe we'll draw yeah. straws or figure out where to go? Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, the, the one thing that I use off that study every time I talk to people about podcasting is I'm pretty sure it's that 70% of the regular listeners of podcasts check out the sponsor of the podcast. 70% check out the sponsor of the podcast. Of that 70%, 63% buys it. Now, does anybody remember Paul Harvey? Yes. The rest of the story, right? Yeah. Remember how, when he pushed a product, how successful that was? It's the same experience with the listener now except it's recorded instead of being over the air. Everybody remembers radio discharge. <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay, there are still discharges, okay? Um, there's still hosts of radio shows. Um, point being, when the host of the radio show or a voiceover guy in the radio show uh, talks about product, they, there's a trust factor that is built up between the one person listening and you talking and for whatever reason, they trust you, and then they'll go and check out what you're talking about. Think about the direct mail response that's still up. Do you do you have uh, no. advertisers on, on uh, seeking out for the, or sorry, on um, the business program? The, the Cannabis Investing Podcast, we do have sponsors, yes. And, but there, there's a point to this, that the 70% is a great number, you get that engagement, but that means you have to, we, we learned, you have to get the right audience. Our audience of investors is not buying CBD products. A guy came in, threw a little money at us, and a salesperson took it. Um, and they did the, you know, to get 20% off your first purchase. It was the wrong audience for that. So I think this speaks to your question back there about how you get out there. Unless you're offering an investing service, don't advertise on an investing podcast. <laughs> Seems simple, but hey, you know we have we 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 average somewhere in the order of 2,500 downloads per episode for our podcast. That is, you know, attractive, but they made the sale without looking at the audience. We our next uh, advertiser is a service provider to the industry and serves investors in cannabis. It's been a much more successful relationship. That first one pulled out. They were they said we're not getting any purchases. I said no kidding. Um, so, you know, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer about this, but you, you know, with everything that is good about it, you can still spend your money poorly when you're looking to get in front of it, and you've got to get in front of the right audience. That's, 
without question, the biggest takeaway I would offer to everybody. Let me turn that, uh, sort of peel back that question and maybe go to you, Jim. You talked about referring to that statistic. Um, when potential advertisers are inquiring, uh, what kind of information are they consistently asking of you? Everybody knows. What's the first question they ask? How many? How many? How many? Well, not how much, because they want to know how many, sure. right? How many downloads, who's your audience? And it, here's a challenge for you too, although you obviously figured it out because it's an investing, it's a real, it's a niche of a niche, right? right? What does the average cannabis consumer look like? Can anybody, can anybody tell me? Because I know when I go to dispensaries, I see 21-year-olds and I see 88-year-olds. I see a diverse audience. I mean, it's, it, it, it's across all barriers, all things. So trying to build a business plan, knowing what who your audience is, which I think is really what you're saying, is know who your audience is. But do we know what the audience is? What does the cannabis consumer look like? He looks like me. Like me too, how about that? I think this three-person panel right here is pretty representative. Yeah. And probably the- uh, We're missing a gender. Well, we have that in the audience. Yes, I think in a majority. And women in this space are walking. They are just. Some of the stories that I've heard about women entrepreneurs in Kansas are amazing. And you can read about them on Breaking the Grass Ceiling by Ashley Pichillo. And we, it's worth mentioning, our, you know, to the point of that diversity in the industry, one of my go-to news sources is Deborah Borcher, a free market report. I had the advantage of having worked with her at thestreet.com. She's excellent. Um, she has established a business covering cannabis. Um, and our, the host of our podcast is a woman, Rena Sherville, who's based in Israel. And she was interested in the industry and she's growing it. You know, this is, cannabis is really nice um, from somebody who grew up in Massachusetts, so my politics lean the way of my home state. It's really nice to see that diversity, um, particularly having covered Wall Street and venture capital for so long, where most of the rooms do not have the distribution that we're seeing here. Do you remember, I mean, you say, when you said that the podcast in Israel, so that's the person moderating digital interviews, or are they sometimes just one person pontificating, for lack of a better word? She always has a for, for our model, she always has a guest. She hosts yeah, it. Okay. So she arranged, she lives in Israel and okay. in Tel Aviv, but then she arranges the calls. Well, she attended the Canatech conference in Tel Aviv, but she also flew out to this conference in LA a couple weeks ago. Okay. Um, to be there. So she can go, so she travels, but she arranges, you know, the beauty of podcasting is you don't all have to be there. And that's how we can. Right. It's on demand content. And are you guys doing it live? Or like if you're, so I've been asked, I'm here because I'm a female fund manager in Canada, it's not a lot of us, I've been asked to be interviewed on podcasts and I'm here offering, I'm a former public security lawyer, are there opportunities for me to take a look at it and, you know, before it goes live or is everything live to say like, I shouldn't have said that, my lawyer will kill me. That's a question, so who goes live here? I'm familiar with the joys of Wall Street compliance. I was at Merrill Lynch. Uh, yeah. We record, and if you have a compliance officer who needs to 
CTO can provide that. We don't, um, to quote my favorite editor, we're not going to make you sound like Churchill, but we're going to make sure you don't go to jail. We're not going to sound like Churchill. I'm kidding. But, it, you know, <laughs> would love to hear uh, more about your fund. Uh, I think that would be a very natural fit. I'd love to make the introduction to you. Uh, if Jim Cramer that is completely removed from what you see on his television shows. 
is incalculable. The man is brilliant, but he can't bring all of the stuff that I learned from him in segments of hallway conversations. That he, he can't, he simply cannot present that on television because of the rules of that particular industry. So that's a very industry specific problem. I, live is so much fun until you get in the comments. Oh, you know what? Or oh, guess what? You can turn those off too. That's true. If I may kind of walk the line between uh, a couple of opinions stated on that point, I'll say that I always defer, whether it's investment in financial cannabis or otherwise, to my guests. This is all very new for podcasters. It's all very new for guests, and it's my obligation to make and keep you as comfortable as possible. So by all means, some people want to make a spectacle of it and have a party and go live and let's go live on Instagram so that it merges the, the streams together and our audience are shared. Like, great. Sometimes it's, you actually have to talk to my publicist twice before you can talk to me and then my publicist needs to hear this before it goes anywhere else or is heard by another human. And that's fine because my obligation is to get the content there. If it gets too hairy scary, then we gotta drop it and you know, best of luck to you. But more often than not, it's really just an attitude of what's this good, what's it gonna take to make this work? So in your position, ask around for it. They go live and say like, I'd love to talk to you. And I think we have great synergies between our brands and our audiences, but I don't do live. And chances are if they're in the business of media and content, if you are their next sought out guest, they're gonna accommodate. Right. Absolutely, 100%. You can look at the video and work with our editors if you say If we don't, go watch. Which and, only and once a month now. And I'm interested from your perspective. You know, I think this is something that's always a struggle when you accommodate guests, right? Because there's always uh, the what's the line? The habitual line steppers. Um, you know, how do you? Your cost per thousand on your sponsorships? 
Or are you acting as a journalist, where you want to be unbiased with your questions and you know, inquiring minds want to know? I'm done with journalism, folks. <laughs> Been there, done that. I don't need to do that anymore. I just want people to watch, listen, laugh, and learn. So do I, but I'm still a journalist. I, <laughs> I like this. It's good. So I want to get a little bit tactical here with you guys. We've been uh, spending a lot of time in the clouds. Let's get our hands dirty, and whether it's tools and techniques, processes and procedures, or whether it's um, you know, targeting content, uh, formatting, um, you know, how to be most effective with production. I want to just kind of leave you guys with as much as possible. So one thing that comes to mind, and we were kind of shooting this around earlier, and this speaks to exactly the origins of the, the podcast, is um, to Take this form of content, which in your case is long form audio and video, and transpose that into the mediums through which all people consume media to this day, pictures, video, written word, and audio. So I'll sit down and have 15, 20, 30, 40 minutes of remote banter or uh, you know, an in-person interview, and then the real value comes not only from having that product equally distributed in all the world's most popular places, but to me, taking that audio and seeing to it that the video file is available on YouTube, Facebook, etc. Taking that audio and having it professionally edited and transcribed so that instead of worrying about what the next blog post I'm going to write and how to boost the SEO at my website is, I'm just going to pull that file, hand it to my website manager, or if we're bootstrapped and I'm doing it myself, and it's going to upload it to our blog site, now all of those keywords and phrases are embedded into what hopefully ends up being SEO growth for you. So um, at this point, I want to just kind of open it up and really try to get tactical and answer as many questions through these guys to you as possible, and whatever value I can create as well. Um, Right now it's all organic. If you know what, I just paid a company to create my social media platforms and I'm looking for someone to actually post stuff on them now because um, I don't have the agency. So I understand exactly what he's saying about creating, taking long form content and then recreating it and distributing it on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube, or whatever platform you're using to fit that media. And also we also know that people have the attention span is a small little flying object. <laughs> okay? I'm mad. I think it's going with that one. You know, so like if you, anything, does anybody know, the, I want to, you all listen to podcasts? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I want to know. I want to know how long you listen to the podcast and how long is the podcast that you listen to because I know what the Edison research so just I, I listen to both I'm Ron Ross saying Oh, exactly. Yes. <laughs> Do you know Biff by I I no, I wouldn't But I listen to uh, Bulletproof Radio yeah. through and through. Yeah. And that's an hour every time. Because it's riveting content that's really informative. Anybody? Oh. Voice over then. Come on. Oh. Uh you know, if it's a podcast that I'm invested in, I'll stick with it to the end. Which is uh, I, right now, I'm listening to a lot of Iqdala. 
which is a comedy in American history podcast. Okay. Um, and uh, they range from, if it's a real deep dive, it's going up to almost two hours. If it's a smaller one, it's maybe 40 minutes, but I also, like, I have to be like, I, I'm, I'm weird about my audio. Like, I have to be like in a car and like captive to, to be able to sit right. and focus up on. Otherwise, it's maybe 10 minutes. Yeah. Hold that thought. Yeah, I mean, the one I tune into most, someone, most people are familiar with, Joe Rogan, and his, his podcast, they're notorious for going over three hours. And, and if I like the first thing interview, and I'll, I'll go through the whole thing. Might have to be in spurts, right? You just uh, interviewed Edward, Edward Snowden, so I banged through half of it. This I think it's like two hours and 49 minutes. I got through an hour this morning. I'll listen to it when I go home. So. Do you know what the average listen is? Average podcast length? Average length of listening of a podcast in this country. No, what is it? 11 minutes. That's my kids. Minutes. So you guys are exceptions. You just are. That being said, you're, you know, think about the people that are listening for three minutes versus two hours. I don't understand. So it's three minutes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say, I wonder if um, it's How long? It's 30 minutes. Yep. We, we see similar results. The length of a commute is the is what people think that is usually. But I wonder how that um, how that average is changed by the regular podcast listening. So as you're listening to seven podcasts a week, are you more likely to stick with the two hours rather than the 10 minute average that you're representing people who are listening to one a month? Because I know I have a lot of, I also am a huge podcast listener. I know I have a couple of like talk show kind of style right. podcasts that are like three hours long. And I'm, I'm bringing that up throughout the day. To it at, who listens to it at 1x versus 1.5 or 2? Who's our speed listeners here? I'm 1.5. I'm up there on it before. Like, I, 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 I put it on 1 and I feel like I'm listening to somebody who's been using a lot of the products on this flight. Or you. Or you. What you Is there a target length for pro-cannabis media production? I'm not going to go in just a minute with the same. Is there a target length or window? Um, so that's a great question. But basically, I do. I like to do between 45 minutes and an hour-long interview, and then cut them into four 15-minute segments. And do you publish them separately and yes, try to build buzz around sections yes, one do. of four, two of four, Correct. week one, week yep. two kind of vibe? Yes. Okay. Part one, two, three, and four. And then with Seeking Alpha, is there a target duration or window? It, it depends on the frequency of the podcast. We have two daily podcasts, and we try to keep them five to ten minutes maximum. Uh, if it's a weekly podcast, um, some folks are proposed and like to go over an hour. I like to guide it, 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 I like to guide that 32 an hour is about right for a weekly. Bi-weekly, I give people a little more rain. To your point about the longer podcast, it's a topic you're into. We're only putting it out once every two weeks. I assume it's something that's going to be a little deeper. A little so it depends on the uh, me. It all depends on the frequency of the podcast. Nobody's going to be listening to a to an hour for one podcast every day. Cool. So the reason I ask that is because I kind of fall in the middle of this place where, um, for me, the content is always king. So two podcasts that I listen to, I'll give you are. Gary Vaynerchuk and Joe Rogan. Gary Vaynerchuk's podcast in large part consists of many clips of coffees or interactions that he's had with somebody that not only make me feel like I was present in that moment and to be able to gain that insight and share that time and space with these trusted authorities. Uh, but it's two minutes oftentimes and we're in and out. But when it's Joe Rogan, 
I'm actively interested in whomever that guest is. It's fine that my commute's only an hour and the podcast is forward. Guess what I'm listening to Monday through Thursday, you know? So it's one of those things where it's regardless of the duration, if your brand or that identity has depth with me, I'm all in whether it's two minutes or two hours. Did Joe do it live? Joe Rogan? Yeah. Live? Yeah. So, I mean, my, my consumption happens to provide longer form podcasts. Um, I take, I choose the one I'm going to listen to when I run. I run for 30 minutes, so I can get, because I listen to one and a half, I can get a 45 minute podcast and then I run. Or two 15 minute ones. Yeah. Um, Just saying. Right. You're in control now. Yeah. And, and you can turn it on or off. Right. I mean, my exception for my listening is I listen to Bill Simmons. And that man talks forever. Um, Everyone's called me for career advice. Can you imagine that? But that's, his length is the exception uh, for me as a consumer. Um, I guess if I may put out there, you know, I said I'd like to get some feedback on the guidance I'm giving people on the dailies. If you're listening to a daily, what's your... What's your frequency that, that you'll listen to? How long for a daily podcast works? How long for a week? Who in this room is listening to one a week or more? Wow. These are our thieves. Wow. And sorry, your question more specifically was? My question was like, if, if you know you're getting a podcast, one of these podcasts is coming at you every day, how long will you commit to it? Like, what's the length that you're looking for to take? 25 minutes. That's it. Well, that's it for the day. Does it match up with stuff like your community? Yeah. yeah. It's less about the commute for me. It's more just if it's a daily and I've got so much shit going on every day, I got like, all right, I got 10 minutes I can give you. Okay. Yeah. That's all I can fix out. I think that that's like a really key thing, though, too. Because, like, for me, the reason why I say 25 is like I work from home. So like that 25 is like, that's my half hour break to go outside and be in fresh air. And I want to be outside for that half hour. So that's part of why it's like, this is my time. You want to do this in front. I follow podcast. I listen to podcasts most of the time when I'm driving. And however long my drive is, I'll listen to it. And then I'll pick it up. Um, right. What I'd love to hear in podcasts is getting to the point. Like these, some of the banter is not as interesting to me. I want to get facts. And what I think is really important in podcasts is them to develop show notes. So I can look back and rather, because I'm in my car and I'm not taking notes, I'd like the podcasters to do my notes for me and I can just download them. After the, after the fact, and they're yes. available for Give me an easy way to get to those show notes. We're going to be doing that now. <laughs> can you guys, uh, can we peel back analytics a little bit? It's kind of a, a hairy, scary, and can be a relatively ambiguous place in terms of how the, the metrics are communicated back to us, and this ties into everybody that is or wants to produce their own podcast, and also ties back to everybody that's considering leveraging podcasts to grow exposure for their brand. How do we count our listens? What kinds of, and by all means, if that's somebody else in, in the organization who's doing the counting, then let me know. Um, but how do, how do we, Get the metrics. Our clients ask about that. And we've offered them, you know, we've been investigating, you know, what, because we want to put out good content first. You know, obviously we want it to be sponsored because that keeps paying bills. But we want good content. So, um, how did, so I've been trying to get beyond just downloads. You know, does, 
you know, in, on written articles, read to end is like the killer metric for when people are evaluating how you're performing. Like, doesn't listen to any matter. And I haven't, clients don't seem to care about that. They just want the download. Because they assume the download means that they're getting hurt. Whereas, I have automatic download. There's a lot of podcasts that I go through every week that don't get. So, personally, I don't think that's great. Um, ratings are ratings are important only because of the power of Apple in getting your product, getting your pod in front of people by having a higher rating. You know, it's, it's a reality. Better or worse, you know, we can debate the power of Apple separately, but you need to have a good rating. Yeah, so what he's talking about, if that's unfair to anybody, is the ratings and reviews that exist in iTunes that also exist in Spotify and everywhere else that content's made available abide by the same algorithmic principles as an Instagram, and that basically suggests the more the, the public engages your content, Instagram can assume that it's very interesting and will keep more people in that platform, keep more people in that space. So when you switch over to the Explore tab, that's just filled with potentially common interests, there's a good chance that you leverage your way up there. And to George's point, that's how you end up at the top of the new and noteworthy section and find an audience that otherwise would be entirely unavailable to you in abundance, um, simply from asking those who are already engaged to follow through and let the digital platform know what you think. Yes? Uh, this is related to what you just said, something that you said earlier. Um, since you're taking that piece of long-form audio content and making it multimedia, there's multiple forms of different ways that people can consume. Do you think, uh, have any of your sponsors asked about the sum total of how it's being consumed? Okay. Like written, listens, video watches, all of that? Or is it really just about downloads for your sponsors? It depends on, they are, if they are sponsoring the podcast exclusively, they only care about downloads. If it is, some of it is part of broader packages, so they're getting wrapped around the whole thing, so the transcript built, so then they care. And that is something that my advertising department handles for the downloads, because we're still learning. You know, we, we are learning a lot. Um, and and it, so I don't, I'm a little more in tune with the download factor. That other stuff, I'd have to have my IT handle, but they, it depends really on the terms of the sponsorship. Now, one quick thing, too, on the matter of the metrics, we have conflicting results that come out of these two metrics. Our best downloaded, most popular podcast, we were over a million um, downloads on it. We are, it's called Wall Street Breakfast, it's a daily. Our downloads are amazing. Our ratings are, we have a, um, and it's like, so which one had? And it's a constant struggle because, you know, when I look at the rating as the owner of the content, I struggle with the rating. But it's top 10 business podcasts on Apple for the past three months. Nice problem to have. Right. But still a problem for me to sort out, you know, do I need to consider, what do I need to consider? And how can I make it better and make sure that it's still top 10 So do you change your content based on what the reviews say in those ratings? Um, we have hired a voice work to one host feedback about presentation, and that's had an upswing. Um, it, it will inform our direction. It will inform our content. The content particularly it is fairly locked in um, because we think we get that part right. But it's the, the presentation is, a, is a, an important component of that that can't be ignored. And, and that's about what you said. That's a really important topic, is that I've heard some podcasts where 
the person that's writing the podcast sounds wonderful. The person they're talking to, it hurts my ears so much, I have to shut it off. And if there's too much mid-range, if there's too much background noise, if he keeps rubbing against the microphone and this clicks and pops, my OCD just goes off and I gotta shut it down. So I, I really appreciate people upping their quality, their audio quality. To me, it's very important. And I'm a musician, so I wanna hear it. Right. And to be clear, to kind of double down on his point of our, our content is pretty locked in, but we're listening to feedback is this constant dichotomy of your voice needs to always, not your voice, but your voice needs to always be the loudest while constantly having an appreciation for whatever the market has to say. So contextually, on social, on the streaming platforms, uh, I could care less what anybody has to say. On the other hand, I'm feeling through every review and counting all of the stars and all of the missing stars to figure out what they're responding to, what they're not responding to, and how to tailor it moving forward accordingly. Um, and to your point about are people asking for metrics for all of the different mediums? I think it may get to a place where that's consistent. There may be individuals who are asking that way, but know that you have control in that space where you can compartmentalize those places too. There are insights regarding those who are more prone to reading interviews and transcripts, which I could never possibly fathom relating to, right? But there are some people who, instead of passively consuming while on the treadmill or what have you, would absolutely rather peel through every word. And so I give you that just to say you can uh, put all of that under quantified umbrella, or you can allow that to segment products for you so that you can sell advertising specifically for the transcription of your podcast on your website. And, and the same thing for social media. What do you do for a call and get a follow-up to what we were just talking about? How do you know until you talk to them on the phone? It's not an easy thing. I mean, some people aren't technical, but people that are reasonably okay, what do you tell them to do? What kind of equipment do you say that they have to do? What What's the pre-prep? I still prefer commands. Whatever you, do. you don't have them do Skype audio? I avoid Skype at all costs because it really varies so much. It's not a consistent uh, delivery. Because regular telephones, all the high frequency content is, is thrown out the window. Right. So Skype and FaceTime sound wonderful. They sound present. There's dimension to it. But if the bandwidth is down, you'll lose bits. So what's What's the safest we, way to do this? Right. We Thank ask you. people to download, and I don't recall the name of the program offhand, but we ask the guests to download an app uh, or some software. Audacity? Yes, I believe that's it. Audacity. And, and that has yeah. worked that has worked well for us. I don't I don't know how every host has handled it, but primarily we ask them to work over Audacity because that can then be shipped cleanly and edited. Two products that are uh, that are really great for uh, for broadcast from and recording from remote studios and such. IPDTL is one that you can just call right into and works with Chrome. It's got its own browser as well, if that makes it easier. But that's super super easy. Developed specifically for voiceover stuff. The other one is SourceConnect, and SourceConnect is like they're both both of these are pretty low cost. Where uh, I think IPDTL is like fifteen dollars a session, maybe thirty dollars a month. Source Connect is $35 a month. These are things that I just like, use all the time at this point. 
Um, and SourceConnect even has like a free version for like a, just a one-on-one -on -one call from SourceConnect account. Great, great tools. So no one, no one's used Google or Facebook to do their audio. Oh, on. Facebook's horrible because it's a safety issue. That's why I hate doing live on Facebook because you know your mouth's moving and words are saying something. taking media and putting it in the hands of the people or uh, the cannabis industry or investment, what have you. It's, it's grabbing uh, control of this thing, yes sir. So you talk about keeping your evergreen content, one minute clips, five minute clips. What's the database you would store it in and how do you create meta tags and keywords that you could search to recycle content easily without having to re-upload, like just grab the link, throw it on there? I mean, do you use a local database? Or do you it wasn't reference show notes. Say it again? It wasn't reference show notes, because if you have good show notes for us, when we've done it, the show notes underneath, you, you time those. So you, you know, part of this is that, you know, you get to own it, right? You get to own what you think is a good idea. So you know in five minutes, I really like that part. Or, you know, to your point, maybe it was at the 10 minute stage that, you, that this guy talked about vaping. You have to remember that, and you have to have a team that can do it. So where do you keep Store. Well, the episodes are up on whatever, whoever your hosting service is. I mean, I've got 130 episodes up there. I think Steve's one probably has the answer up here for how Much younger than Maybe a couple of different conversations happening. <laughs> One of them is maybe specific, to, maybe specific to the audio video media, you know, in terms of the database, where do we keep that? Um, quite literally, what I'm talking about is sitting down and listening to that 30 minute podcast and figuring out um, how many pictures, you know, quotables I can make out of that and they're either going into Google Drive to answer your question, or they're going into Hootsuite, my social media dashboard, scheduled and waiting. So I think maybe some of what you were talking about was more database, more audio video files, and to be clear, what I'm talking about is taking that one very long piece of audio and video that we have and turning it into as many pieces of micro content as possible to continue to recontextualize the message so that it doesn't live and die when I publish it on January morning. Yeah. So yeah, that's absolutely I'm just using a Google Drive and just holding all my files in there the way you would on your hard drive. I've been using it and I just think it's not as efficient as it should be. We need a, a, a you need marketing interns to log your old stuff. We'll tell you exactly where it is. We have. We and have. And you still have. We have a seminar. We use. We got like five minutes, guys. I mean, obviously, I would have more questions when I leave here than I had when I came. But quite seriously, other questions, technical, analytical, yes, sir. Um, what about partnerships? So other cannabis-related podcasts or uh, other podcasts that make networks, like any advice for leveraging those, building those types of partnerships? And uh, it's my model, having like a large network of folks. This guy had a podcast in a podcast with us yesterday. Holy, I pressed the button. 
And what I said earlier was, was specific to being platform agnostic in that it's a podcast. I would love that you listen to the podcast, but if I have the capability to create enough captivating Instagram content based on that podcast, that long form, for that Instagram to be powerful enough that it's got an audience who actually believes that it's informational and insightful, they could never know the podcast exists. So I guess in short, am I noticing trends? I know video is top tier and that's cannabis and beyond in terms of the way humans are consuming media. My practice is really just being diligent about seeing to it that this thing that I'm emotionally tied to, podcasting and audio, that I respect the market and acknowledge that there are millions of people out there who want to hear these conversations, but will never check out a podcast. And so I utilize that content that I created in those channels to kind of segment out and create to the point we were making earlier, other products, you know, that as it relates to advertising. The single biggest request we've had on our platform, which skews older, is to transcribe everything. So yeah. that there's at least among our audience they want to read. But that's easy to do today. Yeah. I, 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 not a challenge. Yeah. Right. It's just, just saying you know, to, to the question that's that is the question, that's what people are looking for on our website, which I, I really want to emphasize. I don't think Seeking Alpha is representative of every cannabis content consumption right. trend, but I do think it's interesting that so many people were looking for transcription. What software do you use for transcription now? We actually have a transcription service in-house where we use a bunch of freelancers because uh, we do uh, earnings calls. I do it automatically on my phone. I was going to say, if you use Google Translate, like it should it should work for you. Google Translate has that's in real time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I use it to transcribe interviews all the time. Absolutely. Doing that is going to help you like monumentally with SEO as well, right? Yep. Because right. Google, the Google spiders are not great at picking up audio yet, but they are fantastic at, uh, at picking up the words that you're actually writing out there to help right. you get them. But none of this complies with the industry standard for ADA for transcription. You have to use an official transcription company to do that. You know, you will violate FCC uh, agreements if you try to use this on television that demands true transcription. Internet. I know. Television. Big difference. I know. I understand, but there's a big difference. You are. You have. I've produced programs for television. You need to pay for that closed captioning. Yes. What you're saying. And it was a shock when I found out there were only two companies in the United States that actually did it. That's changed in the last 10 years. Not too much. Really? I'll try to. Can I ask one? I want to just go back to what the gentleman in the back asked about how do I? How do you decide? One of the things that. And again, I'm a startup, okay? You adapt and improvise when the market changes and okay, wherever you can make the money to keep the cash going. I really stay away from stoner content. I want B2B, I want B2Information, education. Uh, I want people to tell their cannabis stories. A lot of doctors, uh, the stories. How many times have everybody heard cannabis has saved my life, changed my life? It's incredible in the 18 months, 19 months that I've been in this. 
It's, and the stories blow me away. The cancers, the epilepsy, the MS, the anxiety, the stress. I mean, you know, it, so I do look for high-end content, and I don't mean to make a pun. Yes. Good content, network quality content is what I'm looking for, okay? And if you want user-based content, one of my partners is the WeTube, which is exactly what it sounds like, the YouTube for Wii. And they started, they started, <laughs> you've seen them, right? They started in March 2018, when I first started this whole thing, I found out about them because YouTube had just pulled the plug in April of 2018 on a lot of uh, sites were actually making money. Uh, cannabis sites, Greenfuck was on there, 250,000 subscribers. The next day they came and where's our YouTube channel? It's gone, gone. And by the way, no notice, no explanation because they're owned by Google. Google. Again, point being, um, that's where the user content goes. I'm looking for content that's interesting, informative, and educational. And entertaining. I leave the entertainment out of the post of the show. George, before I start uh, pouring whiskey for everybody, fun points. <laughs> this was awesome. I hope it was helpful. Yeah. Um, I hope that you got some value out of it. And thank you. And, and thank you for me. And I to keep in touch and seeing you on the Sonic And I want to talk to you about crossing. One last bit with you guys. A lot of the data that was cited early on today again comes from the uh, Edison podcast research. Oh, okay. These are the notes for the moderator. Dude, the guy came up here. I was in the middle of the water. All right. So everybody has an evaluation. So the information that we came back from, or we bounced off with today, was the Citizen Podcast Consumer Research for 2019. And podcast listeners are more educated, more affluent, more digitally engaged, more brand aware than the rest of the American population. Make the most of it while you can, ladies and gentlemen. If you find yourself coming around often to my podcast and want to support our humble little project, there are a few ways that you can do so. Supporting us helps us keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for housing and equipment, and travel. You can do this by going to www.anchor.fm slash podcast slash support. You can also support me now on Patreon at www dot patreon dot com slash ic sativa podcasts you can also support the podcast for as little as one dollar a month if you are feeling extra generous we have five dollar and above tiers additionally if you wish to get in contact with us you can leave me a voice message on anchor you can do this by going to www dot anchor dot fm slash i am cannabis sativa podcast and click the send voice message button and i may just play it on a future episode you can also call and leave a voice message at the phone number 617-466-9389 that is 617-466-9389 and i may just play it on a future episode if you are in need of some good cbd products you can also check out sequoia organics for a great source of cbd and hemp products you can check them out by checking out this link, um, www.bit.ly slash 33FK 
RV9. And you can try the following coupon codes. Dog Treat 20, Tincture 20, 40% sign off ISO, and 15% sign off CBD. And you can use those codes to get a discount on various CBD products on their website. And if you're looking to get inexpensive CBD flour delivered to your door quickly and cheaply in New England, check out bostonhempire.com where you can get frequent sales on CBD flour and other products such as tinctures and edibles as well too. Boston Hempire will get you cheap CBD flour delivered to your door in New England and the rest of the United States for a very, very good price. And I highly recommend their products too. Feel free to enter the URL HTTPS colon slash slash shop dot Boston dot com slash question mark REF equals D Scotland. Peace out and ciao.